This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 31st, 2020. The in-between, a little help from our friends. Good morning, Connection Church. It is so good to be with you this morning. Today we are finishing our series called The In-Between. The In-Between. You know, that time between leaving something behind and looking forward to something in the future, something to come. The gap between what was known and the unknown, between the past and the future, between where you were and where you're going. The in-between, the interim between what was no more and what is not yet to be. So we've been traveling with the Israelites in the in-between. The time they spend in the desert between leaving Pharaoh's Egypt and the promised land. Week one, we considered the need to say goodbye to the past, to burning the ships. Last week, we talked about trusting God while wandering, I'm sorry, while winding through the wilderness. There we go. This morning, we're going to focus on getting through the in-between with a little help from your friends. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And there is no more in-between between Katie Muther and John Carney. They were married last Friday. Woohoo! Congratulations, Katie and John. We are so happy for you. We were able to officiate their marriage in their home, safely distancing it, and it was a beautiful, beautiful day. Well, we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we are so thankful for this day. We are thankful that we can gather and worship you. We are one church, many locations. Thank you for technology. Thank you for the very breath that we breathe. We also want to thank you for Katie and John and for their marriage, and we pray a blessing over them and their family as they are not on the in-between anymore, and they are husband and wife. God, settle us in, and we ask your presence in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. amen. So when we left the Israelites last week, they were crying out for water in the desert. Moses followed God's instructions and struck a rock at Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. And, and so that water, water would come out and the people could drink. Now, immediately following this, we're told that there are neighboring people. They're called the Amalekites. They come and attack the Israelites. Moses told Joshua, Joshua was his second in command, to choose some men to go out and fight the Amalekites. The next day, he, Moses, would stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in his hands. So Joshua did just as Moses had commanded, and Moses, along with his brother Aaron and another guy named Hur, H-U-R, went to the top of the hill. Check out what happened. We're reading from Exodus 17, 11 through 13, and this is the New International Version. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hand, excuse me, held his hands up. 
one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. When Moses lifted his hands with his staff, the Israelites were winning. When he lowered his hands holding the staff, they were losing. Now this is the same staff that became a snake back when Moses first confronted Pharaoh to free God's people. It's the same staff that turned the water of the Nile into blood. The same staff that brought water out of a rock. Mm. You know, that staff wasn't magic. No. No, the staff was symbolic. It was symbolic of God's power. God's power. It was God and God alone that was able to do, who was able to do all those things in the process of freeing the Hebrew people. The staff was a means to an end, something tangible, an outward and visible sign of God's power. And that's true once again, as we see once again during the battle against the Amalekites. God oversaw this battle and turned the tide depending on the position of the staff, up or down. God is the one with the power, not Moses or the staff. Mm. But, and this is a very important but, when God works through us, To carry out God's plan, he often calls on us to get a little help from our friends. As we've heard so very often during this COVID-19 pandemic, we're in this together, right? Okay. You know, we're in the same storm, but but for some, the storm is worse uh, because of some challenges, various challenges being faced. And so it's the same storm, but we're in different boats. Same storm, different boats. And that's true not just of the current challenge, but of life, of life. Especially those difficult times in life, uh, those times when we're in the in-between. We live in a culture that celebrates really making it on our own, not needing anyone, self-sufficiency. But that is not biblical. That is not biblical. In the Bible, we read about peace, and the Hebrew word for peace is Shalom. Shalom means peace for all. It's a, it's a community thing. The interesting thing about shalom, no one is at peace if all are not at peace. And so again, shalom, peace is not an individual thing, but a community thing. Mm. You know, we refer to the scripture, Mark 12, 30 through 31, a lot, a lot, like just two weeks ago on Mother's Day. But, but it, captures, it captures so much. Jesus said it was the two greatest commandments. First, love the Lord God basically with all you've got. And second, he said right behind it, love your neighbor as yourself. Caring for those around us ranks just behind giving it all to God. Nowhere in Scripture does it encourage us to live the isolated life. It's all about God and those around us. And so Moses just got a little help from his friends. Oh, yeah. And Aaron and her were his friends that he depended on. They held his hands up when he got tired. They didn't win the battle. God won the battle. But God used them as an outward and visible sign of encouragement, Mm. of caring, of community. You know, back when we first opened Connection Church, there was a time 
when something happened that was real challenging. I don't remember exactly what it was at this point. What I do remember was one of our 40 church planters, a guy named Murray Drummond, a good friend now. Murray, who really didn't know us that well at the time, though, he's saying to us, I'll hold hold your arms up when you get tired. Wow. Wow. He was living out this scripture right there, Exodus 17, 11 through 13, right there in real life. And let me tell you, let me tell you, that meant so much, so, so much. And it continues to, if you know Murray... He would do the very same thing today, not just for us, but for you too. That's what encouragement is all about, but it's just not Murray. We are here to tell you that we have a church full of brothers and sisters who do just that, who constantly hold up our arms, who hold up our hands, who hold us up when we need to be encouraged so that we can lead the people of Connection Church as you connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. While Moses was busy freeing God's people, his wife, Zipporah, and their two sons, Gershom and Eliezer, they'd been living with her father, Moses' father-in-law, a guy named Jethro, who was a Midianite priest, uh, who Moses actually had been working for prior to, uh, to getting a call from the burning bush out there while he's washing sheep. In the very next chapter following the battle with the Amalekites, chapter 18 of Exodus, Jethro brings Moses' wife and children to join him in the desert. While there, Moses shares with Jethro all that's been going on, all the challenges and all of God's miracles. Jethro then claims that the Lord is greater than all other gods. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses goes on to explain that the people come to him to seek God's will. When they have a dispute, they bring it to him to decide between the parties. Uh, and to inform them of God's decrees and laws. Jethro replied by saying that what Moses was doing was not good. It's not good. He told him that he, Moses, along with the people, were wearing themselves out, that it was too much for one person, Moses. And, you know, Jethro was right. I mean, this was a huge population by what we calculate, at least twice the population of the state of Delaware, by just a rough calculation, at least that much. And he alone is judging all the disputes. That was just too much for one person. So here's what Jethro told Moses to do, Exodus 18, verses 19 through 23. Now listen to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, 
trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for all the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple, the simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this, and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain, and all these people go home satisfied. So Jethro gave Moses sound advice. God doesn't put us here to do it all on our own. Once again, we need a little help, say with me, from our friends. Amen that. So in this case, Moses delegated some leadership responsibility, shared the load, entrusted those who were able, chose those who were capable, teaching them what to do, multiplying himself in the process. And that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do here at Connection. If, if we tried to do it all, if we relied just on our own leadership, Hello. <laughs> well, Connection would look a whole lot different and not for the better. We have a whole church. Yes, it does rest on our leadership, but that is also delegated. It's empowered leadership to you, many of you, who carry on the mission, who encourage other people, who lead ministries, who take responsibility and using, you use your spiritual gifts. That's what it's all about. Connecting people with Jesus. You know it. It's our mission. Connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers. It's about us together as community, holding each other up. That's shalom. Especially during the challenging times, these in-between times. Like, for instance, when we were at the Everett last year for several months, it's almost as long as we have not had in-person worship. Yep. And, you know, right now we're at the in-between, and we need a little help from our friends as much or more than any other time. You know, God did not design us to be lone rangers. Did not design us to be a one-man or one-woman show. No. We're designed to be in community, in relationship with one another, working together, getting a little help from our friends. Yep as well as being a friend who offers to help others. These, these days, it might not feel like we're in community, as isolated as we are in this pandemic. But the truth is, we have the opportunity, uh, as much or maybe even more, uh, to be in community th than ever before. Yeah. We're, we're missing some physical proximity, that's true. Missing maybe the touch of a handshake or a hug. We, we get that. That's true. But that's the very reason that we need to continue, as I continue, to be creative as to how to stay connected, how we can stay in touch, so to speak, even how we can safely be together. In fact, we are working on what that looks like now. There's a team that has begun to meet, and we, look, we are looking at next steps to consider how to regather in person, and we need your help. We need your help. You will be receiving a survey 
right after worship is over, and there will be a small window of time, we haven't determined what that is, where we need your responses. Your responses will help us with next steps. If you consider CCC your home, whether you've been with us for two months or 20 years, please respond. It is so important to hear from you. It will help us move forward. So Connection Church, here's the thing. We are social beings. That's the way God made us. And it's important for us to never forget that no matter how socially distanced we are. It's still important, it's still crucial for each and every one of us to get a little help from our friends as we build God's kingdom right here together. As a church on fire for Jesus, that's the good news. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, let's believe it, let's live it, let's pray. Most Holy God, You created us in your image, and part of that image is you are in community. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you created us to be in community, to be social beings, to to gather, to share, to help, to help. Not to be lone rangers, not to be all on our own, not to be me and then you, but to be us. Please help us to never forget, especially when we're in those in-between times, Lord, when we're in the desert. When we're not there and we're not here, when the past is gone, the future's not yet, please help us, Lord, to not be so self-sufficient, but to be the community you call us to be, working together, sharing together, living together, loving together, sharing, caring, daring, one with another. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray, all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.